one thing I do know about parent pleasers is that they're willing to do anything, even their boundaries to be crossed, to not lose connection with their parents. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hello, Cycle Breaker. Welcome to another episode of the Parenting with Understanding podcast. On this week's episode, we are doing part two of the coaching session with Crystal. She's a mom of a three and a half year old and a four month old baby, and she's living bedtime struggles with her toddler. He wakes up in the middle of the night, doesn't want to go back to his bed. He wants to co-sleep and he's tired all day, tantrums all day. And if you want to listen to part one is the episode before this one, you can go listen to that episode and come back to this one, or you can start with this one and then go to part one. We are going to continue. Yes, those are my twins in the background. If you can hear them, we're going to continue with this coaching session. So what happened last week? We revealed that she feels burnt out, that she feels empty, that she feels that she needs to perform. Uh, she has the limiting belief of everything is my fault. And when she, her son shows up in her bedroom in the middle of the night, she feels the same. She, she has the same belief and she feels a lot of things. She feels stressed out and she even feels resentment towards her three and a half year old. So in this episode, we are going to move her towards a more expensive belief and we are going to explore solutions, bedtime solutions. So she breaks the cycle of her child going to her bed every single night. And one thing that I want to tell you is that if for you, cold sleeping is working for you, keep doing it. The reason why we, I'm helping this mom breaking the cycle of her son going to her bed every single night is because this this is not working for her family. She has a four-month-old that wakes up in the middle of the night and keeps the toddler, the toddler up, and then she prefers her child to, to sleep in, her, in his own bed. We're going to move on to part two of this coaching session, but before we go there, I highly encourage you to register for my free class that is very, very soon. I'm going to provide you with the five shifts to go from frustration, from power struggles to peace and cooperation. Yes, it is possible. I've seen thousands of my clients doing it in HIC parenting, and I know it's possible for you. So just open the description of this podcast episode, and then there is a link in there. Just click that link, give me your best email so I can send you the Zoom link to join us. And I hope to see you there. Okay, let's go with Crystal. Okay, Crystal, so last episode, we dove deep in the parent-centric piece of this coaching session. We unveiled your limiting beliefs, the pattern, the pattern that's going on since you were a kid that now is transferring to your parenting You've been learning a lot of gentle parenting strategies and tips, um, and those are great. And you are applying them from the generational pattern of, I need to show up perfect. I need to perform. 
I need to feel good enough and everything is my fault. So I promise we're going to get to that point of, okay, what, what can we do with your three and a half year old? <laughs> right now, we need to lay the foundation for this to happen in a way that meets your goal. You want to feel capable and you want to enjoy parenting. That's your goal for this session. That's what you said. So to achieve that, we need to get to a more expansive belief. So when your son has big emotions, instead of you trying everything, I try distraction, helping them with the feelings, one-on-one connection, be intentional, limit screen time. Instead of you trying all those things to have it together, to be perfect, from the belief that everything is your fault if things go the other way, (laughs) then for you to apply gentle parenting from an expansive belief that doesn't take you to that place of, I need to try everything because our stress response is three. We either fight, we either flight, or we freeze. And I see from my parenting coach eye that your, your stress response is to flight. So to flight looks like trying to fix it. To flight try, looks like trying to get over it as, as quick as possible. To flight looks like Helping your son, you say, I help him with being intentional, helping him with the big feelings, but from the nervous system of, I need, to, I, 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 I need to put out this fire. That's your stress response. And you know what? It makes sense. It makes you a human. It makes you a human. Right? There is nothing wrong with having a flight stress response. And it, there is everything about knowing what your stress response is. Because when we are aware of our stress response, now we know that it's fleeing. And then you get in this space, in this headspace of I need to try everything. Now you know that you're fleeing. And we don't need to be fleeing. We need to be present. Right? So let's move towards that place of being present. So let's just say your boy comes at night. Your boy comes at night and then you start feeling, you say that you feel the stress in your chest. (laughs) Oh, here he comes again. Do I keep him in my bedroom, in my bed? But if I keep him in my bed, I'm being permissive. That's your narrative. Because parents who are not permissive, they take their kids back to their bed and they stay there. Is that what's going on in your head? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, uh, and I also don't want to keep perpetuating, you know, this cycle. Cause I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, you, it's never going to end, you know? And, um, don't worry, we're going to get there. The cycle doesn't have to be perpetuated. Your son when he shows up in your bedroom, needs to feel the psychological safety from you, okay? 
feel the psychological safety from you. Because if he doesn't, he's going to cling to you more. That's what kids do. Yeah. So for him to feel that psychological safety, you need to be in inner safety. So you said that you feel that tightness in your chest. We need to start softening up that part of our body. And as we soften up that part of our body, to repeat ourselves the more expensive beliefs. So when your son shows up in your bed, he sees present mom, not fleeing mom. The number one, I would say, uh, counteract, like the counteractive ingredient of going to sleep is stress. Stress counteracts the melatonin in our head. So if your child comes to your bedroom and he feels in your nervous system the stress, he's going to receive that stress and the melatonin that he had in his head, it, it will start being counteractive by those stress hormones. And again, I want you to receive this with a lot of empathy because I know you have the narrative of, it's my fault. I'm doing this to my child. It's my fault. I don't want you to receive this from that narrative. I want to, to receive that from, from a narrative of, now I'm aware we're going to grow from this. So according to research, nervous system science, stress starts in the body. So we need to start softening up that area of the body. That's why I asked you, where do you feel it? So if you were to imagine a calming sensory tool that you can use at that moment when you're in the bed, <laughs> It could be something, it could be your own body, it could be deep breaths, it could be maybe butterfly, butterfly taps on your chest, it could be some people do um, grab their lips, like they touch their lips, little taps on their lips, little taps on their forehead. If you were to choose something that could help you softening up that part of your body, what would it be at that moment? Um, it would just be to like, probably just take deep breaths and make sure that like my, my hands are not like clenched and my jaw is not <laughs> locked and everything's just kind of like, just kind of let everything kind of like, like fall. Just kind of. So right now the pattern is that your son sees you throughout the day and the night, a stressed mom, a mom that is trying to fix <laughs> to fix his feelings all day long and all that all night long. So right now he's living a pattern as well. And and to start softening up his pattern, then we need to start with ourselves. So that's a great step. That you notice, Crystal, right now my, my chest is tight and I know that you might be thinking this is my fault. 
I'm doing something wrong because how come he's show, showing up in my bed? I did the perfect nighttime routine that I read in Google that we need to lower the lights, that we don't need to give us sugary snacks, that we need to read the books, that we need to rock him to sleep, that we need to read him good night stories, that we need to tell him that he's safe. And how come you're doing all these things and he's still showing up? It's because you're not doing enough. You're not enough. It's, it's your fault. So for you to recognize all that narrative in your head and say, wait, Reset. Reset. Crystal, it's not your fault. You're struggling, not because you're not strong enough or you're not capable enough. You are capable. You're strong. It's because it's hard. <laughs> you're tired. You just fed your baby and you just want to sleep. You need to rest. You need space. You need support. You, you need all this and your son is showing up right now in your bed. So those are your unmet needs. It's, you're feeling all this because all those needs, not because you're not capable. So for you to recognize that in your head and to even say it out loud, all of us have limiting beliefs. When I spot my limiting beliefs, I say it, Marcela, right now, again, you think you're invisible because that's my limiting belief. You think you're invisible. Okay, I recognized. You're not invisible. <laughs> so recognize, replace it with the, with the expansive belief, softening up that area of your chest, and then commit to your child. Okay? So let's move on to the child-centric piece of this coaching session. Are you ready? By the way, I've lived this transition before with one of my twins. <laughs> okay? So there is an end. You said that it feels like there is not an end on, about the... No, there is an end. And it is sooner than what you think it is once your child starts feeling your inner safety during that time because he needs his melatonin to work to go back to bed. Okay, so you said that you don't want him in your bed. I respect that. For some parents, having co-sleeping is a choice. So co-sleeping is a choice, right? Again, I'm a parenting coach. I'm not for here to tell you co-sleep, don't co-sleep. Co-sleeping is a good thing. If you co-sleep, then you're being permissive. If you don't co-sleep, then you're not being permissive. It is a personal choice. And whatever you choose to co-sleep or not, it is okay. It is what works for your family. I'm not able to co-sleep. And for a while, one of my twins came to my bedroom. Mom, I need to sleep with you. The same situation. But it was a little harder for you. It's a little harder for you because you have a baby. I didn't have a baby. So it is okay that you don't want to co-sleep. It is okay. Now, let's move on towards, okay, if co-sleeping is not an option, then co-sleeping is not an option. It is your boundary. How does that sit with you? I know you told me, it feels to me that if I hold my boundary, he's going to feel that he's being replaced by his baby brother. And I'm here to tell you that it's from your limiting belief of... It's my fault. 
if I put him back in his bed and he cries, it's my fault. That's why he needs to come back to me because and then if, if he's having big emotions in his own bed, then he feels like it is my fault. And that way, you've been feeling that way since childhood. So your child is not going to feel replaced by the baby if you give him his place in the family. This thought of his if if I give in to this boundary, if I if I if I let him go beyond this boundary, then he's going to feel this way is not true. It's from your limiting belief of it's my fault. Okay? And it's highly possible that growing up, because you said that you wanted your you you grew up as Parent pleaser, and parent pleasers are usually people pleasers. I don't know if you're still struggle with that. What, one thing I do know about parent pleasers is that they're willing to do anything, even their boundaries to be crossed, to not lose connection with their parents. And that's what's happening right now. That's why you feel resentful. You know what resentment is? Resentment is a warning sign that our boundaries are being crossed. That's what resentment is. You are resenting your son because you are allowing your boundaries to be crossed. Okay? So let's go back to that moment. Your boundary is he's not going to co-sleep. And for the parents who are listening to this podcast episode and you think co-sleeping is what works for your family, keep doing it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm talking about Crystal and her, her family dynamic. It does not work for her. Okay. So you already know that's your boundary. So what would you do from the expansive belief of my son showing up in the middle of the night does not show that I'm, does not, does not indicate I'm not good enough. I'm good enough. I'm capable. I'm strong. This is just hard. So, how would you respond to your son from that expansive belief and from this is my limit? I would just, I would be confident and believe that um, I can hold the boundary and allow his emotions and love him, that all those three things can coexist, um, that, that I could, um, you know, yeah, that they could coexist. That um, that it doesn't mean that um, I have to um, do anything to um, to make him comfortable or to stop the tears or to make him feel that way at the um, at the expense of me <laughs> and um, my sanity and my feelings and um, my beliefs. So, how does he feel saying that? I would love to be able to do that. I would love to be able to. Um, to know that um, that I'm capable of handling anything that happens in the night, even if it's met with you know big emotions, and if he might not um, like it, um, and I can still love him, even if he doesn't um, you know necessarily like a certain boundary. So now he knows that he knows that if he begs long enough, he's gonna end up in your bed. He knows that. So let's let's break that pattern. <laughs> Are you comfortable with role playing? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. What about if you are your son and I'm Crystal? Oh, I'm so tired. It's the middle of the night and your boy shows up. Oh, okay. I feel tight in my chest. Okay, Crystal, you are safe. You are strong. You are capable. You are having a hard time not because you're not strong and capable and you're not enough, but because this is hard. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Whew. And my son right now is here. Okay. Hi, son. I see that you're here. Okay. It's time to go to sleep. This is mommy's bed and your bed is in your bedroom. Let's go. So what would your son do? He would start whining and crying and um, say, no, mommy, I want, I want your bed. I want to sleep in your bed. I know. Yes, I know you want to sleep in mommy's bed. And you know what? You have mommy's connection. Let's go together to your bedroom. Mommy's going to stay with you maybe for five minutes to settle you down and then come back to her bedroom. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I see you. I saw you looking to the, hold on, to the left. So looking to the left, what, what is going on for you? As you look to the left, do you have a memory or a reservation as I say this? You don't have to please me. If, wherever you feel, if it, if it feels like, uh, if, I don't want to say this because it might get her uncomfortable. This is the place. No, I just, um, I just know that um, he, like, it would just, he would just be, he would just lose it and just be crying and crying and crying. And it's just. Uh, yeah, because his, his nervous system is wired to right now for you to. Try to fix it. Okay, come in my bed. Like he, he knows that if he's crying long enough right now in his pattern, that he's going to end up in your bed. So he still feels safe, but he feels really uncomfortable because it's not fun when I don't get to do what I want to do, right? <laughs> so this is what is possible that is going to happen, Crystal. And I want to warn you because I already lived this transition with my son. The same thing that I'm telling you right now, I lived it with my son. If that's the pattern, the first night is going to be sleepless night. A sleepless night of you taking him back to his bed every five seconds or maybe holding him in the living room and you might need to tag him with your husband. So what I recommend you to do, you don't have to take my word, is your, your, your son, your family dynamic. I highly encourage you to, when you want to do, for you to start this transition, to start this transition on a time that your husband doesn't have to go to work at night. Because the first three to four nights are going to be like this. As your son learns that his bedroom and his bed is the place where he sleeps. He's learning. He's not getting hurt. He's not, get, it's not a punishment either because your nervous system and your response is not like, are you here again? 
are you kidding me? You need to go back to your bedroom right now. Otherwise, you're not like that. You are guiding them from a place of inner safety and interpersonal safety. He feels the safety from you and you're safe. You're, inner, you're safe within yourself. So he's still going to feel really uncomfortable and he's going to cry and he's going to feel safe. I promise you. Okay. So you might need to go back, take him to his bedroom multiple times, multiple times the first nights. And you might need to tag him with your husband. That's why I said, I encourage you for you to start this transition when he can. So, for example, if he needs to work in the middle of the night the next two weeks, then don't do this in the next two weeks. Wait. Even if he's in your bed today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, you're enough. It's not your fault. You're capable. You're just waiting for the time to do this transition with more support from your husband. Okay, and then if it is not you, then you tell like, okay, it's your turn. When I was in that transition with my husband, we set up times. I told him, okay, I'm going to be on from the from bedtime to about two a.m. because I'm a night owl. Not I'm a I'm a night owl, and my husband is a morning person. He said, okay, I'm gonna take it from three a.m. to five p.m. And it's not that we were like with eyes open waiting for the child to wake up. We just knew we were on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that transition for us took a whole week because my son has sensory processing disorder. He has other underlying conditions. For your son, it might be less or it might be the whole week. Bottom line, it will happen. It will happen if you disrupt the cycle from a place of, I'm not fixing it, I'm not putting out a fire, I'm just letting it be, letting that transition be. Ah, but it should be like, Marcelo already told me that it's, it's five days. He should be doing better by five days. Maybe not. Every person is different. The cycle, he's learning a new way. Okay. So this is what you're going to see, uh, Crystal. As the night starts to smooth out, guess what's going to happen during the day? I would hope that it would get better because <laughs> he's getting better rest. So when you're rested, when your child, let's just say you're, this night's taken care of and your child is rested and your child had his full night of sleep, he's, the, this poor kid is overtired. He's overtired. Like he's tired in the morning. He's tired in the afternoon. He's tired the, at, at, at dinner time, at lunch. He's tired all day because he has poor night of sleep. Because even being in your bed, touching you, waiting for like the, the baby wakes him up too, that's not a good night of sleep. So as he, as he starts having a good night of sleep, I say from experience as a mother and from experience with my clients who have bedtime struggles and overcame them, the nights, the good night of sleep, that physical need met is going to impact the day behavior. Because when children are tired, are overtired during the day, they're hyper. You may think that they're slow, sluggish, like lazy. No. Overtired children are hyper. 
Overtired children are aggressive. Overtired children want to resist every single step of their day routine because they're tired. They don't want to brush their teeth. They don't want to put their shoes on. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to go to grandma's house. They're tired. And as you see, the night, the, 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 his need for sleep, for nighttime sleep to smooth out, I promise you the day behaviors are going to smooth out. And when they happen, then you do the same process, the same reset. You are aware of your limiting beliefs. You replace them for more conscious beliefs. You work on your, on your softening your body, the place where the stress resides, using your calm sensory tool, and then commit to your child without an agenda of fixing, of putting out fires, of trying everything, just letting it be. Yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself doing that? I, I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> Is there something else? Let's just say you're getting him ready for bedtime. What do you see yourself doing to prepare him for in advance? for this transition at night. Let's just say today you decided with your husband to today was going to be the first day. So I know that you're very knowledgeable in gentle parenting techniques. So what would you do from a place of inner safety with your child to prepare him? I would make sure that I let him know not right before bedtime, but I would prepare him like early in the day, let him know, um, you know, that, you know, bedtime is going to be different tonight um that he's gonna um, sleep in um, his own bed and that if he wakes up that I'm going to take him um, back to his bed and remind him that he's safe and that I'm here for him and um you know probably have him you know get his bed all set up the way he wants and you know whatever blanket he wants and stuffed animal and, and whatever you know it is that he wants have that all set up, have him be involved as much as possible in getting um, ready and um, just prepare him ahead of time so it's not like, um, so he can know what to expect. You know, something I did with my son, I did something called um, comfort object. So because he was going to my bed before, I took my pillowcase and I put my pillowcase in his pillow so he smells. <laughs> I don't know, it sounds gross. I know it sounds gross. <laughs> but they, they love the, our smell. <laughs> so you could use a comfort object, something from your bed, maybe your pillowcase, maybe something else. That reminds him of you. Uh, another transitional activity that you could do with him, maybe you can say, okay, like, um, I'm going to keep checking on you. Like for some kids, this works. For some kids, this will give them anxiety. So you have to check if this is for your child. But uh, for some kids, it works that you tell them, like, because you're in your bed doesn't mean we're not connected. We're always connected. You know what? I'm going to take a picture when you're sleeping and I'm going to show you the next day. So you know that mommy comes and checks on you. How I said, you have to see if that works for your son, right? Yeah. Another thing that it could be, you can make like matching hearts and you keep this heart and I keep this heart. And in, uh, when you wake up, we put it together because we are a family and we're always together. So all those things need to be from a place, not of I'm putting off fire, I'm fixing it, I'm, do, I'm trying everything, I'm just letting it be. I'm using this 
to aid him, not to fix him. Whew, how do you feel? I feel um, encouraged. I see you smile, and that's great. <laughs> you went from looking down, from looking to the sides, and now you're looking at me. So this is the end of our session. How I said in the beginning, it's possible that like you're going now you have awareness and you have tools. And it's not about what we do here, it's about what you do with time. And I cannot wait what's gonna happen for you in the next six months in your parenting. I hope I hear from you soon. My question is so your intention for the session is that you want to be able to feel capable again and to enjoy your parenting. Do you feel that we accomplish the goal for this session? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I'm capable. I feel like it might, it will probably be hard, but like I can, but that's okay. Like it is hard and it's not hard again because I'm not good enough or because I'm doing something wrong, it's just hard, but that I can do it, and um, yeah, I can do hard things, we can do it, and that I don't need to go into it being afraid, or um, like, I need to go into it being confident, and knowing that I'm capable. That's great, thank you so much for coming, I hope to see you in our Transform Parent Coaching Program, it's a 14-week process, and then, yeah, I hope to hear from you soon. Now Crystal found a new expansive belief that she's capable, that she's strong, that because it is hard, that does not mean that she's not capable or strong. It's because it is hard to raise a four-month-old baby and a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. And if you are from that limiting belief of, it is my fault. I'm not enough. I want to tell you that it is you are enough. You are capable and strong. And your child's big feelings is not your fault. It's not your fault, even though it feels like it is, but it is not. So if you got anything out of this podcast episode, I encourage you to leave us a review. And follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, at the Considered Mama, at Heimpath Club. We encourage you to, to go and follow us there. If you are an HIC cycle breaker, meaning that you are one of our customers, I highly encourage you to join our private Facebook group. Look for us on Facebook. It's called HIC Cycle Breaker and join us. Remember, it only takes understanding to transform your parenting. I'll see you next time with Rachel. Bye.